Welcome aboard the Shipshape Podcast, your ultimate destination for marine wisdom and expertise. Our skilled crew, comprised of top boating journalists and experts, is committed to delivering informative and captivating content week after week. We're eager to connect with and learn from our fellow mariners, and we encourage you to share our podcast with your friends. Remember, word of mouth is our lifeblood, and if you enjoy an episode, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform. By doing so, you're helping us forge a robust community of mariners who can learn, collaborate, and exchange their experiences out on the water. Welcome to the Ship Shape Podcast. In today's episode, we set sail to the enchanting island of Okrakoke, where we drop anchor to chat with the incredibly talented duo Brooke and Nick. Not only do they call this picturesque island their home, but they've also embraced the true spirit of marine life by living on a boat. And that's not all. These two are gifted musicians, harmonizing with the rhythms of the sea. Dive in with us as we explore their unique journey, the melodies they create, and the waves they ride. Welcome to the Ship Shape Podcast, guys. Today on the show, we have Brooke and Nick, and they're a musician couple from Okrakoke. I met them there just a few weeks ago while I was passing through, and uh, they have a really exciting story to tell us about how they got together and how they're going to take the world by storm with their music. They're sitting in the shop right now on Okrakoke, and this is going to be an awesome show. Thank you so much for joining us. With me is Farah, and let's do this, guys. Hello and welcome to the Shipshape Podcast. As Bella just kindly introduced all of us sitting in the uh, in our different respective places. My name is Farah, as Bella said so, and I'm based in London. I've been working in the media industry for about 20 plus years and have had the pleasure of doing many shows with Bella. So Bella, without further ado, let's introduce the lovely couple, Nick and Brooke. Welcome, Hi guys. guys. Hello, hello. <laughs> How <laughs> are you? you? Thank you so much for having us. Yeah. I know, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for coming on the show. We're so excited. I mean, Dala was giving me a little bit of backstory, but not too much because I, I told them, no, I want to ask them everything while I meet them. <laughs> it's extremely, extremely interesting. So yeah. tell us, like, what are you, where are you right now? What exactly? And that there's this beautiful background for a lot of people who won't be able to obviously see this. I'm looking at this amazing shop floor. Talk to me, talk to me about where you are, what's going on. So we're in our wonderful, beautiful little shop called Little Rituals here on Ocracoke Island, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, <laughs> this is <laughs> and scene. No, <laughs> um, yeah, we're the... that's a wrap. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're in. A, we just started the shop. We're just closing out our second season. Where we live is really seasonal. Um, so already after Labor Day, you can tell that we have like less foot traffic. More kids are in school, but we'll stay open till about the holidays. And so that'll be us wrapping up our second year of the shop. Although we have a much longer standing relationship with Ogre Coke. We met here in 2010. 2000. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Feels like a long time ago. And Nick actually has an even longer history with the island. He grew up coming here and then moved here with his mom when you were... Yes, I moved here when I was about 10 years old and uh, grew up vacationing here as many people did. And um, parents bought a vacation home and then uh, slowly decided to make the transition and... Um, yeah, moved here when I was about 10 and was here until I was about 18 and came back and forth and 
met Brooke a few, after a few years and um, doing seasonal work. And we continue to do that together for a few years. And uh, yeah. I always love to plug. So my first summer here, um, it's a very small island. So like year round population, maybe a thousand. But then, you know, in the summer months, we get like 8,000 plus visitors. I think wow. that's right. I could yeah. be to- wrong with that. It feels like that. But um, mm. but it was in the fall that we met. So I was spent my first summer here and we um, we met in the fall my friend Katie, who's grew up with Nick, was playing matchmaker with me all summer, which was hilarious. You know, I was just like, you know, this is a very small place. You know, I might just have this be more of a summer to keep to myself. But then she's like, oh, my my good friend Nick, I grew up with him. He's coming back from a motorcycle trip. So Nick Nick has the adventure bone to the max. He took his dual sport out, drove out west, and came back and started on Agricoke, ended on Agricoke, and that's when we met in September 2010. She's like, he plays mandolin, he skateboards, he, he's he, he's on a motorcycle, you know, and I was like, okay, okay, sounds like an amazing individual, that's me, and then <laughs> the rest is history, so there you go. Oh, wow. Wait, so what happens off-season, for, for people listening, what happens when you said, you know, it's seasonal? So what what's goes on when it's off season? And, and tell us a little bit more about the island. What makes like yeah. Ocracoke special? What draws in so many people every year? So many. Yeah. So well, Ocracoke is the southernmost point of the Outer Banks. It's part of Cape Hatteras National Seashore, and we are about a chain of islands that's about seventy five, eighty five miles long from the southern end of Ocracoke all the way to the northern part of the Pity Hawk. All the way up to Corova, right? Or does that include Corolla I do think it does. There's a couple other small uh, spits of land, though, as you continue up. But anyways, it is a small island. You can only get here by ferry boats. It takes about an hour. Private to- boat, private plane, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, private boat. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Plane, or by boat, private boat, yeah. Yeah, we're about 25 miles off of the mainland of North Carolina. So uh, the sun sets on the water here, mm-hmm. which is pretty West magical. West. Wow. And Tala, you were asking what makes Ocracoke special. I mean, mm. I've, I've lived a lot of places and here's the one place where you meet people and they're like, I have been coming here for the past 30 years, every year. Mm. Why though? Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know for me, I mean, there's a lot of things that make Ocracoke super special, but unlike the rest of the Outer Banks, the Federal Park Service owns most of the island. And I share that because it's 13 miles long, but the only place you'll find human <laughs> humans or humanity presence is at the very southern part where our little harbor silver or lake is so there's a bit of a bump out like all the way on the southern end of the island and and that's about three miles by three miles and the rest of the island if you drive up in your car you can pretty much see if you look left you'll see the set the pamlico sound and if you look right you'll see the atlantic ocean and yeah and and so unlike the rest of the outer banks or so many other beaches you go to on the east coast there's not one man-made structure on the beach so you go up, you take the ferry on the north part of the island to Hatteras, Buxton. There's houses all on the beach there. Whereas here, there's like almost a lack of humanity. And you can feel that living here, even visiting here, where you go to the beach and all there is is sand dunes in the ocean and what other humans might be there. And even for being such a small village, we have such interesting, rich history Especially when it comes to boating, we are, you know, we're right here in the midst of the graveyard of the Atlantic. And there's a lot of legends about Ocracoke as well, right? Like the the cap, the hat I'm wearing, 1718 Brewery, right? <laughs> that that ties in a pirating and maybe we'll do a whole thing on that as well. <laughs> well I, that makes me think of speaking of the music a song that we often play here is a song that nick's dad wrote so both of us have music in like that extends beyond us in our family 
but his dad, who is a musician and also loves history, wrote a, a song about Blackbeard the Pirate because this was definitely his stomping grounds. Back when Ocracoke wasn't as habited as it is now, there's an island south of us, Portsmouth, that you can see from Ocracoke that used to be where all the ships would dock and trading and whatnot happened. Yeah, it's one of the largest, uh, one of the most used ports on the eastern side of the United States in the 1700s. Yeah. And you had probably Charleston, South Carolina, then you probably had Portsmouth, North Carolina, and then up to, you know, Norfolk from there. And um, unfortunately, a storm long time ago closed the channel up. Large boats could not get in here anymore. And um, the only other easy way to then get into any kind of a port was going to be Ocracoke. But Ocracoke just didn't have the stability for easy access and it's it just wasn't as big as portsmouth was yeah, it's either. a much smaller island yeah. so but anyways that yeah, adds no. to its charm right i'm mean, absolutely that's what you're just saying it just makes it more charming you mm-hmm. you got it you got it L- little has changed here we're one of the few places uh in the united states that have um the local people here actually their brogue stems from their ancestors from europe and mm-hmm. they still have their accent, you know, they have um, it's mm. strange accent. They call it a uh, high tider, hoi toiters, hoi toid on the sound yeah. side. <laughs> it's almost like a slightly English slash Southern a- accent like, yeah. mashup. It's, it's really hoi toid on the sound. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love- you guys have your own shop, you're musicians, and you're also water babies. Tell me about your <laughs> relationship with the ocean. Well, I guess, yeah, starting with me. So, you know, growing up here on Ocracoke, it was, you know, my, that was my introduction to being in a coastal environment on a regular basis. And, um, you know, I mean, I, I guess they kind of say after a while it does get in, or to a certain extent it gets in your blood. And I love that you called it a village. And I totally mm-hmm. got that vibe when I was there, yeah. right? Everybody knew everybody else. And, but even on the village, there was just like, it was very tourist friendly. There was still like your kite surfing and your clamming and your, general fishing and there's these small boats everywhere it looks like everybody that's just a favorite pastime at some level isn't it absolutely absolutely so i mean there is a big i mean there's uh i would say there's necessarily a lot of culture here being for how tiny of a place that we are but yes we have like the outer banks in general we have some of the great surf and consistent surf i mean we have many pro surfers that live on the outer banks ocracoke not quite as good consistent surf we are one of the best kite surfing destinations in the world so you know growing up being on the water it was you know those activities whether it was you know surfing kayaking boating of any kind small sailboats larger sailboats people coming in and out where constant stop on the intercoastal waterway Mm -hmm. big stop for people traveling in the summer so we constantly have movement in the on season and then as you know we were talking about in the off season which pretty much starts right around which is the shoulder season just starts yeah um, off season starts like probably going into the holidays like we we have to close our shop january february because there's literally no one here yeah and as someone who lives here full time i think that's kind of i mean as much as you're like okay in the summers gather your nuts because you have these quieter months three to four months out of the year we have maybe one restaurant that'll be open Open. if they're kind wow They'll flip flop with another restaurant just to maintain some kind of consistency for that being said, people to live here year round. There's maybe 14, 16 restaurants. So it's, you know, it's a good perspective. It's still very tiny. But the thing that I know that helped draw us back here, Farah, you were asking about like, what's your relationship to the ocean? And I think even more so to Ocracoke is just the accessibility on a daily basis 
to nature, to the water, whether it's just as a family, we have two fur babies, no, no uh, human children yet. <laughs> um, we get out on the boat and we'll just go watch the sunset and living other places where we've been in nature. It's so different being here where it just feels so accessible to in five minutes, be out the beach, put your feet in the water and be like, ah, it's like these gentle reminders of like, why are we doing all of this or why not? Or, you know, and the nice, as she says, accessibility here, yeah, um, like to give you an idea where I think one of the few um, schools, uh, public schools here in the United States, where we don't have a cafeteria because all the kids ride their bikes home for lunch. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah the, and there is, it's an interesting, I think another intriguing thing about like Tala was saying, you say village is, you know, there is having that few people who live here and also in a place that's vulnerable, like storms happen. Dorian was a big storm that happened here in 2019. We were not living here full time at the time. But, you know, everyone comes together, whether you like your neighbor or, or you know, whatever, what other dynamics there are on the island, there's very much this mentality of like, we're all in it together and everyone is tuned into what's happening in nature yeah. because it has to do with your daily well-being. You're not just going to grab an umbrella and be like, all right, we'll get through this. Right, you have yeah. to be really tuned into your environment. And I think people who live here love that aspect. I know we do. Yeah, yeah, there's so a, there's that a element of selflessness, right? It's like this unity. It's very unified. It feels like home. It's mm -hmm. actually quite idyllic in a lot of ways, isn't it? Because you're surrounded by people who, you know, would step up for you and look after you and care for you, mm -hmm. which is so rare in today's day and age. I mean, yes. we're in an age where people don't even talk to their neighbors. You know, yeah. and they're living next to each other for 20 odd years and they're just like, oh, hello, good morning, good morning. We got the paper, yes. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, good weather. That's as far as you'd get in conversation, but you're talking about people looking after each other and it being very wholesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's also like there's these stark reminders. I remember there was this house there. He's obviously one of your neighbors where he'd done the water levels for each storm that had come in, right? And that was scary just on, on like you could see <laughs> from the road. Yeah, yeah, you could be like, okay, it just got yeah. higher and higher. And then, you know. <laughs> yes, it has, it's, been pretty, it's been pretty scary over the past, probably about seven years now. We had, I think it was about seven years ago, eight, seven or eight years ago, we had the storm, which was the worst flooding in recorded history here. And then it was about two years later, we had Hurricane Dorian and that beat that last flood by about three feet. Yeah. It was a huge jump and that last storm was maybe only uh maybe a foot higher or so than some of the previous ones. So being that it was that big of a jump and it was within those past two year period, it was it was a big struggle here and it was a big, you know, eye opening situation for a lot of people, you know, and especially with global warming and being in a very vulnerable mm. place. <laughs> mm. And yeah. I bet everybody bands together in situations like that, right? Like what, what happens like right now we were having these crazy systems pass through what, what happens? What's the vibe like on the Island? Yeah. So we all, I mean, as we are even right now, keeping an eye on the Lee, Lee the storm out there, that's um, making some movement. Um, we keep an eye on it just as everybody would for the first week. And as it gets closer and closer, we can tell how, you know, get an idea of if we're going to get any uh, action from it. And, from there, we will um, help a neighbor out or we pick everything up off the ground or, yes, um, yeah. you know, if somebody else, you know, needs to move a boat or, you know, stuff like that, then yeah, we're, we're just kind of do what we can. And, you know, you got a couple days just to scurry around and get some things up if need be. So it doesn't float away. Hopefully it won't. Wait, so you guys have a boat as well, right? Correct. A couple yeah. of boats. Yeah. A couple of boats. My goodness. Tell me, tell me more. So we currently live on a uh, 33 foot 1971. It is a pacemaker. That's the same boat that was my first boat 
Yeah, almost ten years ago. Yeah, it yeah. sounds like you had like the Sport Fisher kind of model, yep. and but mine is kind of like a Sport Fisher with a uh, with an aft cabin on That's it. That's right. Yeah, it's a two cabin It's a big little boat. Yeah, oh, yeah, it's it's right yeah. yeah. And, so yeah, we have that, and then we also um, prior to that we've uh, we um, had a couple of small skiffs, which are you know the common small boat to have around here for all the shallow water. And uh, I've got a fourteen foot Carolina skiff and a twenty one foot privateer old mm. crabbing boat. So full boats. My yeah, God. that's right. Yeah. Well, we got three it's a little fleet, maybe four with my dinghy too. But uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and the skiff is perfect because you guys are surrounded, and maybe we can use this segue into. Maybe a song or, or the Blackbeard uh, conversation is oh, that yeah. it's really shallow around where you guys are. And that's that's why Blackbeard was as successful as he was, because he would just like scare people into sinking their own ships, basically. But like with Carolina Skiff, they can get into the super shallow water, which literally is like six feet under the boat, six, six inches under the boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. And you can go, Not you that. can clam and swim and just jump off onto a sandbar and you got mm-hmm. it. Yeah, we've got amazing fishing, clamming, also very fun. I was to say a big thing like Sunday is very much here. Like a lot of shops are still kind of old school and might be closed on Sundays, but I feel like Sunday is the quote, quote, local day where if someone has a boat, that's when you're going to see them out. And if it's say low tide, that's where you can see those little sandbars even more. And they become these, lo- your own little private beaches. So there'll be little uh, collections of boats here. Like, Oh, who's that? Is that, Oh, that's all that is that scary. Okay. Who's <laughs> over here? Or, you know, people take their dogs out and then you keep track of like, okay, the water's starting. I mean, not that you would get stuck there, but it literally, it's almost like these exposures of little yeah. come and go. That's how shallow it is. I it? always say too, the Island can feel really small if you don't have a little boat to get out mm. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Brooke, do you have a background in the, with the ocean as well? I mean, I know, for example, Nick said he, he grew up here. He's moved here at the age of 10, but what about yourself? Well, so I grew up in Virginia at the foot of the Appalachian Mountains. So we grew up, our vacations um, were always going to the ocean. That was, I think, very much my, my, especially my mom's like soothing place. So I grew up feeling like a confident swimmer and going to visit the beaches, but, um, and had come to the Outer Banks to Kitty Hawk and Nagshead, but never made it this far south till I was 21. But you did graduate high school from Virginia Beach. I did. Yeah, that's true. I did. We moved to Virginia Beach when I was in high school in 10th grade. (laughs) So I would go to the beach there, but it was so different than the rest of the Outer Banks, you know, much more commercialized, um, you know, very much boardwalk. You know, I appreciate Mm -hmm. it much more now. I think I did than I did when I was a teen versus, you know, some people who come here are like, Where's the putt putt? Where's the, you know all these things you might find in a bigger, more populated spot like Virginia Beach, where there's more things to entertain versus here it's just the nature. So I didn't grow up living on the water or anything, but I joke. I'm into. I love astrology. I'm a Pisces. I'm a water sign. I always joke that the waters, whether it's lake, river, ocean, feels very at home for me. So living on a boat as we have been just waking up in the water has been a real gift, you know, even though we haven't moved it that much. Yeah. <laughs> we don't, unfortunately, yeah, we're not, we're not currently in a situation having the shop that we're able to uh, explore too much. That's the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And Brooke definitely has some water skills. I remember we went climbing together and she was just nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> what was That's- your trick, Brooke? Yeah, she's <laughs> flying on her back and she got another one, got another <laughs> one and got another one. What you, what you, what? <laughs> so I, yeah, we had gotten this floaty. Somehow I'm like, I'm floating, you know, mostly submerged though. <laughs> and just, 
And I love, so there's several ways to clam. Traditionally, people get rakes, you know, and then the, you feel that you've hit something and really the metal to shell makes a certain sound. But it's kind of like a nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Me, I've always loved clamming with my toes or my fingers, as weird as that might sound. Like, I just, like, slowly move my hands through the sand. Yeah, so essentially you're in maybe three feet, or two and a half, three feet of water. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, give or take a little, and you can stand there and just run your toes through the sand or the kind of mucky sand and uh it's like okay the grass was the most trippy for me uh yeah water grass yeah don't like the grass yeah tell me why was that trippy it was it just felt so weird on your feet like it's not seaweed it sort of is i guess um but right a combination of grass and seaweed in a sense you know like slimy ish but not coarse yeah like grass mm. yeah it is interesting right. <laughs> yeah and then and then out of the blue they'd be like oh that's not a clam it would be a full-fledged crab looking at you be like mess with me <laughs> oh my god yeah. touch me just try touching me yeah do it <laughs> i dare you or the scallops didn't you find a scallop tala that I was like scallop, yeah. they'll start like actually spitting open their mouth yeah. and spitting at yeah. you <laughs> yeah I love clamming. Wow. Not going with Tala. I will trust Nick and Brooke on this one. <laughs> I will get bitten. So. Yeah, yeah. Wait. So okay, you're musicians as well. Tell me about your journey as musicians, and how does that tie up with your journey as being, you know, living on a boat and ocean lovers? Do you perform? Do you get an opportunity to go out and perform as musicians as well on the water in other boats? Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, so not yet. That's kind of, it's always been the the dream. Um, so grow, growing up here myself, before I met Brooke, played a lot of music here on the island and had friends that had boats. And we would always, friends that I played music with that had boats. And we would always talk about, we're going to, we're going to go on the sailing music tour and uh, sail south of here or something. And we never did that growing up as kids. We just played music and did other stuff and hung out on our boats in the middle of the harbor, friends' boats. And um, anyways, Brooke and I, as we, we came back to the island, as many places, it's very difficult to find housing here. So we tossed around many ideas, and uh, I have always wanted the excuse to buy a larger boat and this seemed like a perfect opportunity to uh take advantage of that and so needing housing yeah yeah needing housing so um doing that that's how we ended up coming to the conclusion that it would make most sense to get our boat because there was more dock slips than there were apartments available here um <laughs> Imagine so, that. yeah right so we decided to go ahead and pull the trigger on the boats well going back to music brooke and i both come from a musical background but we didn't really start playing music together until about seven years into our relationship wow. um we we played a little bit but it was really just for fun here and there some other friends that had, um, played music and we'd sit around after dinner or something started at uh we always had a few songs that we liked to play together started an open mic night and um ended up booking a show didn't expect it uh brooke had always been the pusher for let's play yeah, she was uh, with that. Yeah, without her pushing, I don't. I don't think we would have been able to ever really get started. But um, yeah, we started playing mostly in Western North Carolina. Well, um, I have to interject. There's yeah. a great story, and not to like be all over the place. But when we mm. first started dating, Nick, uh, when we were in Park City, Utah. We met here, went to Park City, Utah, came back. But when we were there, Nick got up for an open mic night, and 
as I was sharing with uh, Farah before this, I'm much more of the extrovert in the relationship. Nick is much more of the quiet one. And he got up and he sang the Blackbeard song at this open mic mm. where there was an entire band to support, you know, whoever was playing. And Nick literally, I had never heard him sing. He, the no whole way. bar got quiet. I mean, a bar of like, you know, at least a hundred people in it. <laughs> and he played and he sang and we were just like, oh my goodness, the voice on this quiet man that I just met. <laughs> three months ago and yeah. the bar manager came up to him afterwards and said i'd love to book you for a show and i could tell no him, way no way yeah. yeah and did not know what to, to do with him so he's like i really have like two songs and <laughs> I, from that moment i knew it'd be fun to make music but our backgrounds were so different i grew up learning classical piano i i did have some years of cello that's what i play now when we play together but I had much more of this music theory background and Nick grew up learning to play by ear with more folk and even kind of, I guess you could say kind of blues. I mean, yeah, like, oh no, like old time, more like old time, yeah. little bluegrassy kind of background. Sure. Mandolin was my For first sure. instrument growing up and especially part of being in North Carolina. My dad growing up as a musician and he was mostly inspired by old time music. And so uh, I would say that was where I originally started with mandolin. But as time went on, Mm -hmm. um i played some guitar as well but for our act brooke and i we go by brooke and nick um <laughs> i play baritone ukulele and foot percussion and i sing and mm -hmm. plays cello and sings mm -hmm. and so, yeah oh my goodness, can we hear something please? can we please I, yeah, please. Yeah, yeah. i'm so yeah. excited right now i really oh which is it going to be the blackbeard song or something else what are we hearing that seems like yeah that definitely seems appropriate um so then we, then we can do a little talk about blackbeard and who he was and why yeah, he was coming yeah. up yeah. yeah well so like so this song my dad wrote when i was a kid and um as brooke was saying earlier we grew up vacationing here on the island and so i, I did and it wasn't wasn't until I got, got a little bit older that we moved here. And coming here, my dad is a huge history buff. So he's always fascinated with all the history here. But Blackbeard, it was absolutely loved it. And so he came up with this song. And I always remembered him playing it. I always loved it. I remember we'd go on walks at night and we'd go out to what's called Springer's Point right outside of uh, an area in the a deep pocket of water right off the coast on the sound side called Teach's Hole, which is known for Edward Teach. They say that um, it's this old live oak forest with many trees that are 250 plus years old. And they would say that, you know, he would camp there and hang out in these tr trees and keep an eye out for people coming, um, other was, coming right? through. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so anyways, um, so yeah, this, this song my dad wrote is, uh, is basically it's the, uh, it's the, I just say it's like the life of Blackbeard. As I got older, it dawned on me one day, it had been a long time since I'd thought about it. And I was like, dad, you gotta, if you don't mind sending me the lyrics to that song. I want to, I'd like to start playing it some. And I came up with my own, um, changed it up a little bit, the chord progression, but, uh, mm -hmm. still all the same lyrics, but it's, it's basically it's the life of blackbeard and um there's some snippets about north carolina and you know specific okokoke places but yeah. well, nick doesn't Ooh. have problems, so it's just just luke and the cello yeah the yeah this would be cool ahoy investors are you on the lookout for a unique opportunity to invest in a thriving industry set your sights on shipshape the innovative platform connecting boat and yacht owners with top-notch marine service providers. Our team is committed to revolutionizing the marine repair and refit market in North America. But we can't sail these seas alone. With your support, we can enhance our platform, 
and create a significant impact in the industry. Don't let this exciting investment opportunity drift away. Contact us today to learn more about joining our voyage. Reach out to us at info at shipshape.pro. As Carolina bound he came Oh, we sailed the coastal waters Jolly Roger flying high Struck fear into many a sailors As he bartered their prize Oh, Blackbeard was his name And London was his game The fierce man was he As he sailed upon the sea Where the governor shared the booty the teacher brought to shore He appeared to be nothing Stopping Blackbeard's mighty roar But Robert Maynard set a sail On a cold November's day In search for an adventure And a pilot said he came I said Blackbeard was his name And a plunging was his game A fearless man was he As he sailed upon the sea Absolutely. That's, <laughs> hey, that's all right. Almost like three days in a row. I was 
right front row seat. I'll be like, again, what <laughs> was that? That was right? insane. You guys. Right. <laughs> on fire. Loved it. Loved it. I am floored. I'm absolutely floored. I said, wait, and don't I, stop. I, don't I, stop. I, don't I, stop. <laughs> loved it as well. Why are you putting Let's away the instruments? Oh. <laughs> 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 we'll definitely yeah. do some more tracks. Let, let's talk a little bit about Blackbeard. Who is this guy? Why does he get a whole song? Yeah, yeah. Well, we all we all know Blackbeard, and uh, so really, I knew that name growing up, but it really was in meeting you and your dad that I got, and coming here got the deeper story. Well, I guess you know you think of pirates, and he's mm-hmm. just one of the most feared pirates in history. But super interesting guy. I mean, it was fascinating that he decided to come to Ocracoke, and the fact that he even. Um, found this place but yeah i mean the guy like most pirates spent a lot of time in the caribbean and um a lot of time on the east coast and made north carolina his home he actually even owned a house in bath north carolina which is wow a little once you get over the trying to go legit really yeah 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 he worked worked with the governor uh the governor there and here on ocracoke he would hang out here he would hide out here he would um he would resupply. He would always note that he would resupply on water here. And as you were saying earlier, um, there were so many shallow areas here in the Pamlico Sound that he would specifically run other boats aground and then would rob them of everything and just leave them um, <laughs> stranded or shipwrecked. And um, he also died here. Um, mm-hmm. The Queen of England sent this fellow by the name of Robert Maynard out to find Blackbeard because he decided not to take a pardon that was I offered. guess yeah offer offered at offered at the time for all pirates to end piracy and he decided to continue his his ways and um finally this guy Robert Maynard came and found Ocracoke found his ship and um they had one heck of a battle and he uh Robert chopped Blackbeard's head off you know so they always said there may be a uh, buried treasure on Ocracoke which mm-hmm. definitely don't think is the case spirit, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think his Blackbeard spirit could definitely be here but uh mm. and um and I think it was maybe 15 or 20 or about 20 20 so years ago I think they say they think they found his last ship which was the Queen Anne's Revenge right yeah um but interestingly enough there were two men at least to my knowledge anybody that's listening um correct me if i'm wrong but there were two men i believe that were pardoned on his ship and one of them specifically his name was william howard and he ended up coming back to ocracoke and buying most of the island um Mm. and i won't mention any specific names other than that one name i just mentioned but he still does have family on the island and i mean there's like a street on the island named after him and um howard street yeah howard street is our oldest street street on the island not paved and um yeah. <laughs> so anyways nonetheless we still we have a little pirate festival here every year and um part of the reason for being such a small place but we you know it really keeps us on the map too especially for other people is like anybody that's into pirate history you've you know of blackbeard you most likely have heard about krakow <laughs> Ooh. What does a pirate okay. festival entail? Please tell me. Yeah, right. So uh, we have a little reenactment. They set up and show you how life would be for a pirate at the time. Um, I want to be a pirate now. It's like a <laughs> space or like vendor stuff. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people like to come and dress up like a pirate and uh, pretend they're a pirate for a weekend. Uh, <laughs> All right. So very fitting, you know, yeah, so adults yeah. can really it's actually, dressing up. It's actually a newer... It's yeah. only been happening now for a few years, but anyways, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, 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 that is, that is quite fun. That makes it sound quite fun. <laughs> <laughs> 
you're adding That's the element awesome. of fun to it. It's nice because it, you know, you hear this, the seriousness of the situation and you always, you know, you talk about pirates and it's quite foreboding and then yeah. it's in a very negative context. But I, I like the fact that, you know, the island also celebrates its history and its culture and, and recognizes that, that, yes, despite the fact that there is a serious element to it, it's also about bringing the, the culture out and saying we can add a lighter element to this. Yes. Mm. You, you perform at 300 years later, we're over That's it. Right. That's right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you perform yeah. at the festival? Well, the festival, it's smaller. It's more of the reenactments and then I think vendors setting up. Like, I don't think yeah. they have music per se. We do perform at festivals that happen here, like Ogre Folk Fest, which is not related to Blackbeard or Pirates, but has been a part of the culture here for over two decades. Um, and that's a music festival. But that I, th I think that one is much more focused on reenacting and food and vendors versus entertainment yeah. uh, for music. But we might be playing somewhere on the on the weekend that it happened. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so, we do. We do play out and about often. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, play a good amount. Sweet. Of music. So should we should we have another song or we still want another song? Yes. And, and maybe 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 yeah. one of your favorites. Like what's what's one of your favorites? Well, there's two songs that Nick both wrote. So one I have to admit, I, I say I say originals, and they're often Nick's. Nick's a really a beautiful. Well, you're you're broken Nick, so they're your originals. Yeah. Well, it's such yeah. a gift. It's such a gift to he he writes the lyrics and then just shares them, and then I feel and hear the space that the cello and my voice need to fill, um, which is a huge gift. But I was going to say there's there's one more upbeat one, and there's a slower one that are my two favorites, which is. Yeah. Like we, can, we can even do two back to back. Yes, totally yes. up to you. Yes. Okay. This next song is uh, is, is called "What's on My Mind," and uh, yeah, it's, it's, there's not there's not I, I so have much. To preface: There's no drums with this one, which is very key. Um, oh, Nick yeah. is literally like a one-man band, and then I just yeah. add the bass and some high-end and harmony with my voice. So the, you're missing the element of the drums <laughs> here, which is very much often the heartbeat of our sound. But um, we'll still, I think, bring it. A lot of the, my, I'd say most of the songs that I write, they don't have my dad's Blackbeard song. He's probably got most of the story behind it. Most of mine are very much um, just kind of uh, it's an internal it's a different writing Yeah, section. yeah. I guess just an internalized um, thought process that <laughs> isn't supposed to make sense for everybody other than me. But hope you can make some kind of sense of it for yourself. <laughs> on my mind I'm sure what I'll share with you or even tell you tonight I don't know which way to go or even understand the reason why Don't let me bother you Just tell me
my god, I love you guys. Can you please? I bet all our listeners are like, where do we buy that record? Exactly. I mean, do you have your music anywhere where we can like download or listen or play again? I mean, have you recorded it? Not yet. We in Europe, so that is. It's been on the to to do list for a while. COVID happened, and that definitely threw a a big curveball for our music. So we play a lot of weddings, and um, we also (laughs) plan one tomorrow. Um, And we also do restaurants and bars. We don't do it quite as much as we used to, just because we're tied up a lot now with our shop. But um, so COVID, we had something lined up where we were supposed to record and COVID happened and we weren't able to record with a fellow that we had lined up. And so since we've been back on Ocracoke, it has been a constant theme of topic. Yes, but I think we've actually found somebody and hopefully here in the next month or two, we will have at least um, a small EP, at least like a five song EP recorded. So am I going to get the first copy, Nick and Brooke? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I want the first copy. Same. I want it. I want it. I want it. I mean, it's, I love your music. It's phenomenal. Honestly. Yeah. And, and I love how, you know, the cello and the ukulele sort of, you know, bounce off each other and there's like the slowness and the fastness and you know, the voices. You no, know, I think you two bounce off each other yep. brilliantly. Yep. Honestly, you yep. complement each other really, really well. Much appreciated. Yeah. So you're both water babies, you're a happy couple, you, you're musicians. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this is, it's phenomenal. I think maybe I should get a boat, Tala. Yeah. <laughs> I've been telling you. Yes, the boat is a good <laughs> added element. <laughs> I'm getting on the ocean. I want to catch some clams. <laughs> You're welcome anytime, Farah. Oh, my wow, God. How wonderful. Honestly, you guys are phenomenal. Okay. It's inspirational. So, what's, so, so what, what do we expect next from Nick and Brooke? What's in the pipeline? Mm, well, continuing to maintain the shop, the thing I wanted to say with music is I think we're really excited to record something even if it's just like in someone's like you know house or something because music's just been on the back burner since COVID happened Nick was actually he worked at a paint and body shop for years Uh, he's a man of so many talents and was going to quit that we were going to record in April 2020 and honestly we kind of just became more in survival mode since that happened because and that part that brought us back to Ocracoke but we are now flourishing with the shop and whatnot. Um, but I do know like what's next for us. I would love to record music so we can start to share more in the listening room kind of setting and continue to nurture and tend to the shop. The shop has been a gift, which is not related to music, but it's been a gift uh, just sharing items in the shop with folks who are like so excited there's a shop like this here. It's a, the Holistic Island Shop is what it is and a gathering space. We have like weekly meditations. So just continuing to nurture that and hopefully move evolve with music and change. Oh, awesome. Tell me, you also lived in, you said in a van, didn't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want the van story because you were about to tell me off, off the record now. And, and I said, no, stop. I want everybody else to hear this amazing story. Tell well, me the van story. Before we got into boats, as she said earlier, I did paint and body work. And um, specifically, I did restorations. With Mostly a friend of mine. Volkswagens. Yes, we only we did restoration on I would, the majority of what we did were Volkswagen vans, and um, we I had a uh, was an eighty seven Volkswagen van again um, weekender, and we restored it. The Grey Ghost. Yeah, we called it the Grey Ghost, and we lived in that van for about five months, traveling on the road. And we actually ended up coming back here to the island at the time when we weren't living here, and we were here for about eight months living in the van. <laughs> 
did a season here. <laughs> and that's really actually when we really started playing music together. That Yeah. Yeah, we started performing together then. Well, we got asked by, there was a small local opera, and they're like, hey, can you guys just play two or three songs? And we're like, okay, we can probably make that versus, you know, an hour or two of music happening. So Yeah. And, um, yeah, and then, uh, so yeah, we traveled. We went all the way across country in the van and um, continued to do weekend trips when we decided to stop traveling and... Um, I sold that van and I bought another van and restored it. And um, that one was the full camper. It was a full, yeah, that was a full Westfalia camper Volkswagen, um, an older one. We didn't do too much traveling in it. And uh, and then we sold it a couple of years ago. Didn't have a van. We just got another old van. Nothing special. Not a Volkswagen. Got a nice, it's not that old. We got a Dodge van. And uh, it's our it's our band, band vehicle now, which is kind of important for getting off the island and relying on this ferry a lot of times you have to be willing to not make the ferry and it's nice to have something you can crawl in the back and sleep in uh mm. ferry line so we started doing that and um and me having the knowledge for doing extensive work on vehicles kind of was a, a huge help for transitioning into boat life yeah. and um so that's ultimately how that happened and we you know we ended up buying a boat that has needed a lot of work and I've yeah. done some pretty extensive or a lot of extensive mm. work on it over the past couple of years of owning it. Do you prefer the, the water life on the water? Or do you prefer life on land? Mm. Which one is your preference? I think, uh, uh, I think at this point, you know, I would definitely have to choose life on the water by all means. Mm. It's uh, there's, there's definitely a more of an element for not just freedom, but uh, there's, I know for me, it's more synchronicity with nature. You know, you really mm -hmm. have to be in, in, like, especially, I mean, not that I've done traveling on the boat, like extensively, but when you talk to people, it's like, what was this storm happening? Where at time, you know, it's just, and freedom, I think is a good word. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. The, the freedom is really nice. And just not having to rely on the, everything that comes with, you know, maybe owning, owning a piece of property or, you know, living, you know, it, I've always, you know, romanticized it, that idea of just not having to rely on, I guess the, not not necessarily society, but um. Well, it's self sufficiency for sure. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, there we go. So, yeah, self sufficiency. I mean, there was plenty of that living on land, especially even in a vehicle. But there's just there's so much more to explore, and there's there's so many less limitations with a boat. You know, you can go so much further. And yeah, it's like a mobile home. You can just go anywhere. God, I was I always compare it. I'm like, it's the closest thing you can get, to almost be in a spaceship or something. You know, like everything is on board. You know, there's nothing. You can't get a hole in it or anything like that and well there's yeah. also yeah. groups of freedom than van life i mean you know we went to our van to all these amazing national parks and explored and definitely camped for free and like you know national forests you're allowed to do that mm -hmm. but the cool thing with the boat is just watching you know folks who come into the harbor here at ochre you can you know just put a hook out be on the moor on a line and it's free and then here's civilization right here for you or if you want to have a little more luxury or access to resources you can dock you know and to me you don't get that when you travel on a land vehicle at least not that we experience in the united states you know they're you're very limited you have to pay for this it's maybe not as beautiful as just being on a mooring line and a harbor where it's free and then i know it's not free everywhere like sometimes you have to pay for yeah but i mean you can you could choose yeah yeah right but i feel like there's a huge sense of freedom with that in your exploration which is really cool and you're within nature i mean you're literally immersed mm. in it you're right. literally yeah. on water on water mm. yeah. it's beautiful you probably oh. see things on a daily basis where you just think it's that level of gratitude that you sort of develop you thank yourself for your little blessings every day it's that constant reminder um and it's a much more wholesome uh feeling isn't it do you do you feel like every day you wake up with a gorgeous view and you think i'm lucky i got this yeah absolutely <laughs> 
Yeah. yeah that's, mm. I love waking up and looking, being, especially on a boat, because it's not like you're in a big house looking down on the water. It's like you're in a part of the water much more. Yep. I love yep. every time I make coffee and I'm looking out. I'm like, that's yep. I second. I know that. where I'm going next, right? With yeah. Okra cook, I'm telling you. So, guys, do you guys have a have a water song by any chance? A water a song. Boat song. I don't know about a water or boat. I was going to say, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. No, I, I'd say the closest one would probably be that Blackbeard song. But uh, yeah, yeah. Oh man, you got, you got, give me some inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> nice, <laughs> nice. Yeah. I'd, yeah, I would okay, but, love for you to sing a song for us that you hold very close to your heart. That's something that resonates with you. Hmm. Uh-huh. And it, I remember when, when I was listening to you guys, there was a couple of, like, again, like you were saying, with those older songs, like straight out of the 50s or 60s or something. Like, even that would be awesome if you guys are up for it. Oh, right, right, right. Um, well, it, uh, let's see. It's a good one for me. You know, that. Were you singing a What were you singing? Well. Yeah, because we we have maybe ten originals, but we when we play a show, it's usually two sets, each just under an hour, and so we have a lot of covers we do. But we definitely, as you could imagine, being a cellist and a baritone ukulele, (laughs) make them very much our own. So, but Um, I said this. This this is another original song. Um, if we have time, maybe we could do. I think this would be a good one. Okay. Um, this this is a song I would say is close to me. Uh, this is it's a song called "In the Light." Um, yeah, I uh, I wrote this song a few years ago before we moved to the coast and uh, before we moved back back here to the coast. And uh, at the time, we were living actually in the mountains of North Carolina. I don't know. Uh, I love this. This is my second, like, my other favorite. Song's called uh, In the Light. Thank you. 
I'm speechless. I absolutely love your work. <laughs> like, it's phenomenal. You have to, have to put together an album, honestly. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for having us I on know. and allowing us to share something that we've created together and get to share with the world. It's really cool. It's gorgeous. And, you know, I, I look forward to speaking to you again in a couple of months and like you know seeing how things are and how life is with the shop how the music is coming along um you know what, what the next few steps are it'd be wonderful to catch up with you and just see where you are along your journey yeah that absolutely would be a, a huge delight yeah. yeah yeah so much will evolve i feel like <laughs> yeah no that was awesome guys and so we're almost done do you guys have any you know messages you'd like to share with our listeners in the world you know any tidbits of hope inspiration oh hope and inspiration i you know i guess like what's coming up for me in this moment i think because of our conversation and and uh, just being very present with where we live over coke is just you know everyone lives in different places but just that connection to nature i i, I also have a background I, i'm a yoga teacher and so, I share that just because of it's so easy in today's world. And I speak of this as now as a business owner to not be present, be on your phone and looking at this and that versus slowing down and taking the time to be in the moment to seek out and be with nature because we are part of nature. We are nature. And I think uh, part of why we live where we are is that was a very important. That's a key founding point for both of us as individuals and in our relationship absolutely you know turn to nature turn to nature uh, it's always available and always offering some kind of beautiful beautiful magic really i mean so yeah i guess always find those times with yourself and with nature i don't know if that's I think it's fascinating because you know <laughs> you you it can be very daunting for people who obviously you know, the idea of picking up a very established lifestyle and then suddenly going and living on a boat and saying that I'm going to spend my entire days on water. I mean, and, you know, sea legs. It, the first thought that comes to my mind is I remember coming <laughs> off the boat and being like, whoa, why am I woozy? <laughs> why is the snow moving? This happened for like a good half an hour. And I went, is something wrong with me? That was my first experience. I was like, why am I swaying constantly? <laughs> you know you get used to it and it is a daunting prospect but you guys make decisions like that and living on the ocean look so easy and so for a lot of people i think who are afraid to take a step like this or who to whom this lifestyle would appeal to you know you you're actually making it so much more approachable and i think that's the aim of ship shape we don't realize how many people around us are living these amazing lives and going on these incredible adventures mm -hmm. and at one with nature to such an extent. And I think that's where the beauty of the show is, where we meet people like yourselves. People are, you know, we're sitting in three different places at the moment, but I'm getting an opportunity to meet the most amazing couple and talk about their music and talk about their lives, which is so wholesome. So thank you for sharing this with us, honestly. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much yeah. for inviting us on this is i mean we we met tala just a few weeks ago and instantly clicked and so it's just this is a gift yeah. on a lot of ways so no, thank, no, thank you thank you thank you and then nick you anything oh yeah sorry nick's uh -huh. dying to play another song is the vibe i'm getting <laughs> <laughs> no you're you got me thinking there was like if i were to play one more song it was like something that either that's like boat related or something that really reminds me or connects me to the island i was thinking about that and i was like oh there is this there is a there is one song that i could play but not saying that we 
if there is time. Please, I, please, no, please, please do. Uh, yeah. No, um, I mean, what as, song are you thinking of? I was thinking of Seabird. Oh, I do. That so, sounds good. Yeah. You know, growing up here, so, total side note, growing up here on Ocracoke, I, um, the winter times can be like awfully difficult because it is so quiet, especially for a young person. There's, you know, there's only maybe K through 12. Now they have 150 kids that go to school here. And when I grew up here, there was about a hundred and, um, it does get awfully quiet here. And as I've gotten older, it's, it's definitely, I've, I've rather than, um, look to get away in the winter time. I'm, I'm really enjoying these winters that come here because i love how quiet it gets here and i love how the island really opens itself up and i can happily explore it and not get whether it's destroyed by mosquitoes or be <laughs> surrounded by multiple people trying to maybe do the same thing once again we don't have that many tourists that come here in comparison to other popular places but that being said um this song always reminds me of um this is a song by and from the uh, group in the 70s called the Alessi Brothers and um, the song always reminds me of migratory birds and we always have so many migratory birds that come through and you'll stand out on the beach or on the sound side and you'll watch for miles and miles long for 30 minutes you'll see a line of birds trail come of birds. trail of birds come through and it's it's so magical to see um, but this uh, this song is called Seabird and um, Brooke actually introduced it to me a few years ago. I introduced the song. Nick knows all the songs. But um, but yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll, we'll, we'll play this one real quick. So uh, final, final. Thank I'm land to 
Thank you. Yeah. Song always reminds me of winter on Ocracoke and I guess me even returning back. Aww. You know. Aww. <laughs> that being so poetic. Oh my goodness. Oh, yeah. Keep That's it awesome. up, guys. Okay, so that was awesome. Um, on a closing note, why don't you tell our listeners where they can find out about you and find your music and stuff? Well, uh, we do have a website, Brooke and Nick, um, AVL.com. AVL stands for Asheville. We just haven't changed our domain. So we do keep a calendar there, and there are some um, older videos and whatnot. You, if you just Google Brooke and Nick NC, North Carolina, you can probably find Google us. all of our social media and um, our website will pop up. But we do have an Instagram handle, Brooke and Nick NC for North Carolina. And then, um, and then if you're interested in the shop, I mean, you can, I feel like uh, we do sometimes a better job of updating that. And not that it pertains to us, but things that are here. And we do a lot of shops on Ogre Cook, but that's littlerituals.ogrecook. Um, littlerituals.ogrecook. That's and awesome. That's and is there a concert schedule on your website or anything? <laughs> there is. There's a calendar. There's a calendar. It's not updated for September, but um, we're going to, yeah, be updating that. So we'll be playing up the beach in Little Washington here soon and off island and whatnot. So I said Little Washington, Elizabeth City. Sorry. City. That's right. So Love we- it. Yeah, love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, awesome. Gosh, <laughs> oh, yeah. it's been such a joy. It's been such a. It's been just good to see your face, Tala, and hear your voice. And Farah, so nice to meet you. Yeah. Oh my, oh, lovely to meet you guys. And honestly, yeah. we're looking forward Very to catching up with you um, yeah. in a couple of months' time. I'm looking forward to hearing more music. Phenomenal, phenomenal stuff. And it's been yeah. such a pleasure, honestly. Keep Back. it up, guys. Best Thank of luck with everything. You too. Right. Cheers to more island adventures. Yes, I yes. know. Come on down. You both are welcome. And come visit the island. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Thanks, look forward to it. Thank you for so much, and look forward to speaking to you soon. Sounds Thank good. You. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Take care. Bye. Bye. Check back every Tuesday for our latest episode. And be sure to like, share, and subscribe to ShipShape.pro. Pro, 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 pro.